We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Moto. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. We're the men from Moto, and you're listening to episode 107, Long Live the King. My name is David Seville, and I have Travis Sowers with me. Uh, not again this week. I guess we skipped a week last week. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, David. How are you? It's good. A big thanks to Ethan for stepping in for me last week. I am feeling much better this week. Um, for those that don't know, I had lost my voice to uh, uh, to a nasty cold or something, bronchitis, whatever it was. And um, I'm back today, so it feels pretty good. This is like the first day I've had where I feel like I can talk normally. You still so look a little in... rough. Oh, man. It's Yeah, don't even get me started on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you this week? Good, good. It's, it's been an interesting week, uh, but we're going to cover some of that as we get through the podcast. But I'd say overall, uh, I'm doing well. It's been a good week. Excellent. I feel like I haven't played Magic in like three months. Uh, I know it's much shorter than that, but um, I was able to get a little bit of best of one in the other day, and I, I played some fun games with a white weenie deck. So uh, kind of starting to get back into that grind and uh, enjoying the the standard experience in in advance of watching the Mythic Invitational next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, are you playing anything interested in standard, or are you just limited this week? I've done limited only, so I, I played constructed, and I, I think I realized, and again, we'll, we'll cover this as we dive a little deeper, but I think I realized that I tend to play constructed when I'm preparing for an event. Um, and other than that, my interest level in Constructed isn't particularly high. So, like, I wanted to make sure that I hit Mythic. I felt like it would be nice to be able to say I'm a double Mythic streamer. Uh, so I, I plugged in that Gruul's Warriors deck and played it for a couple days, and then I was Mythic and Constructed. So I really haven't haven't touched on it since then. But I do still like the Gruul Warriors deck. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool to be able to play the uh, Growth Chamber Guardian and fetch out more copies and still have the mana work to be able to play Chain Whirler. Yeah, that deck is a house. I really like that deck. I wish I had the wild cards for it, but alas, I am still wild card poor. Um, hence my playing of White Weenie, uh, simply because I invested in the uh, History Benalias, and I want to make sure I get my money out of those. Yes, you got to play White Weenie till they rotate. <laughs> Basically, no. I'm running a uh, kind of a sweet White White Weenie build that's um, uh, predicated on uh, Venerated Loxodon and Unbreakable Formation. Uh, mm-hmm. along with um, Benalish Marshall. So I'm running like 12 Anthems in the deck, and the whole idea is that you go from, you skip the two-drop spot, so you go one drop, double one drop into Elephant, and then you just kind of punch your opponent in the face till they concede. It, it's kind of great, but I've learned to hate uh, Thought Erasure, and I I can't wait until either my deck rotates out, which will happen first, or Thought Erasure gets banned. Yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, I'm I'm barking up the right tree here, I think. I'm I'm sure that all the people listening will be able to help me petition for that. So, we hadn't had a state of the beta in a while, um, and now we're in mid-2019 coming up with, I guess there's a new set about a month and a bit away, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, I didn't expect to see another state of the beta just because they've kind of trickled to a, you know, a really slow, kind of steady pace, um, long but like a lot a lot of time between them here but we were surprised and this kind of came out of nowhere here which is which is kind of interesting to me but um the the best way to describe this state of the beta is that it is a cosmetic update um you know some people might have been hoping for draft changes or you know better prizing in constructed events or things like that or different formats maybe uh bringing in Shadows over Innistrad cards or a postmodern format or something like that. But this one is purely about the fluff and new players, which, uh, I mean, in the life cycle of a game, you have to you have to give your new players attention because you have to be attracting new blood to your game. Um, and the cosmetics are a form of monetization for them. So hopefully it will give them a new revenue stream here, uh, which will allow them to pump more resources into the game. So have you read about these updates yet? I have seen trickles of them on Twitter. So I saw like some of what the new cards look like. And I mean, they look pretty cool. I'll give them that. Yeah. So there's, um, 
<coughs> oh, excuse me, I missed my cough button there. Um, there's there's a few things here that, uh, that that stand out to me. So from the cosmetic side, we have uh, card styles, uh, which are basically like alternate arts, but with a neat 3D effect as you drag the card around the battlefield and an animated effect, it looks like, when it's on the battlefield, which is super cool. If you're in, obviously, into the, if you're into that kind of thing, but I think those people that are into like the 3D animations that already exist in the game, I think will find these things really intriguing. And I think what's cool about them, uh, or about the rollout here, is that they're they're kind of giving the treatment to popular standard constructed cards. Not all the cards, uh, because obviously there's you know however many thousands of cards in standard right now. It says here for about a hundred cards. Um, and they gave these previews away to various magic personalities and streamers um, to be revealed on Twitter. So you got to see like um, Oz and, and people like that who are revealing their spoiler card, but really it was just spoiling the art of an existing card. There were lands, there were instant sorceries, all sorts of things like that. So it was really cool to see. Um, and, and now we have the opportunity to eff- effectively foil out our deck. So for people that enjoy, you know, playing EDH and you've got, you know, a hundred foils in your deck and everything is, is, you know, blinged out to the max. You can now do that on magic arena, which is kind of cool. Or if you have one card, that's just a favorite card of yours. And you're like, you know, I'd like to spend a little bit and make this particular card flashy. You you can do that now. So what would be your card? If you could pick one to make flashy aside from nickel bolus, because that's the easy answer. Nickel bolus, God Pharaoh. Okay. You win. I'm trying to think of what mine would be. Right now, it might actually be History Benalia. Well, yeah, I guess it would have to be. Or you, you're going to have to get a refund on those wild cards. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know if you looked at the cost of this one, but uh, I, want, I want your take on this one. So, common cards are 400 gems to craft the, art, the alternate art. And mythics are 1,200. So, if I remember correctly, I think uncommons are 600 and rares are 1,000. So, if you put that into dollar perspective... You're looking at between 150 to 200 gems per dollar, depending on what you what bundle you buy. So, about two dollars to two dollars and sixty cents for a common, and anywhere from six to eight dollars for a mythic rare. So, if I pay that amount, do I unlock that for all of the copies of it that I own, or is that for one of them? Yes, it looks like you only have to buy one copy of the art style, and it'll apply to all current past and future cards with the same name that have the same art. So alternate arts or new arts would not have the same treatment. But if, if they reprinted Sulphur Falls, for example, and you had it and it had the same art in the next printing, then you would get to have that alternate art or this 3D art as well. Okay. I mean, it seems expensive to me, but at the same time, I'm not somebody who really got into foils in the first place. Uh, but I can appreciate cosmetic upgrades in games like this, like the golden cards in Hearthstone uh, are obviously something you'd compare this to, or even weapon skins in Counter-Strike or PUBG, uh, or something that people will pretty routinely spend 2 to $5 on. Uh, so th- this seems to be about in line uh, to that with me. Yeah, I, th- I think the best way I would put it um, is it's... It's not necessarily expensive, but it might be expensive to me. But that doesn't mean it's expensive to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's people that have a budget for this kind of things in their game, or they enjoy spending their money on this kind of thing in the game. Um, so, to them, maybe spending $120 or $150 to bling out their uh, Teferi control deck or something like that, um, that might be okay with them. That might be suitable for them. Me, I kind of like the path to uh, free-to-play earning these rewards, through converting gold into gems through through quick draft and then instead of maybe chaining quick drafts together if i don't like the format or if i'm i've i've drafted out this format um maybe i can flip some of those around into some some alternate arts or something like that um i think that's a really cool way to do that and who knows maybe we get options to get some of these rewards as part of our icrs or as part of like tournaments and things like that i mean there's a tournament coming up here where it looks like you can earn skewer the critics and uh, chemistry's insight as rewards in a free-to-play event so similar to how we got the lanowar elves and the galta primal hunger Mm -hmm. is that what the card's name is um so there's all sorts of ways to earn these things instead of just spending your dollars um you just got to jump through some hoops if you want to spend your gold on them which I, i think is fine yeah, agree. But like I said, I, I compared these to the prices of like CSGO skins or something. They seem really reasonable to me. 
Yeah, ag- agreed, right? Um, the the one that I'm mostly interested in here are the, the sleeves. Uh, so the price range on the sleeves, and these are the card backs that uh, that your deck will show and when your, your hand is showing to your opponent the back sides of the card. So instead of having the Magic the Gathering, you can have a Guild Insignia or something like that. Uh, these range from 600 to 1,200 gems, so 3 to $4, depending on um, where your um, your gem bundle comes in at for the basic ones. Double that for the, the exquisite ones, as they're called. Um, and this is just a way to express yourself, obviously, with the cosmetics here. Um, but instead of having to you know buy individual cards, you just sleeve up your deck in one style or whatever you want and go from there. Um, I think these really appeal to me. I think the price point is right there for me, like... You know, if I'm spending $8 on a set of sleeves, I'm probably using them for all of my decks mm-hmm. instead of just, like, having to buy it for each individual deck. And um, the exquisite ones looks like they had some kind of animation treatment or some kind of special treatment on them as opposed to just being kind of a static image. But even the static Im- image ones look, look cool. There was a, a Soul Ring one that I saw on the Loading Ready Run Friday Nights video today, all the guild insignias and things like that. So, like, it looks like there's a lot of different options to express yourself through through these cosmetics, uh, whether it be the cards or the sleeves. And I think, I think this is a really good opportunity for wizards to open up a new revenue stream and potentially turn around, turn that around as rewards to us at some point in the future. I hope they don't stop here with the sleeves because one of the big things I'd like to see, um, and we've kind of gotten used to this from games like Hearthstone is a seasonal card sleeve. And that's one of the things that that kept me for as, as long as I did play that game, logging back in and wanting to make sure I at least got five ranks so I could get that season sleeve, because some of them looked pretty cool. And then we've seen in other games, and I know I mentioned PUBG a lot, but I watch a lot of PUBG streamers, they'll do weapon skins that are branded by the streamers. Uh, so you can buy a t-shirt with Halifax's logo on it, for example, um, and then your character can wear that in the game, and some of that revenue is shared with the streamer as well. So it's like a partnership. So like, there's no reason we couldn't be seeing, you know, Numot sleeves, for example, um, or face-to-face game sleeves. You know, who knows what you could get in there? So I'm hopeful that they'll do partnerships like that, as well as maybe give us some sort of. And, and I, I, I'm aware you can get these free to play, like you're talking about. Save up your gold, go through the quick drafts, and save up your gold. But I'd, I'd like to see something, maybe small, but something giving out, uh, maybe for people who reach mythic or who hit diamond or whatever, wherever it is they'd like to set that stop. I think that could be a nice monthly incentive as well. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we can acquire these through end of season rewards. Like, that just makes sense, right? All the other games do it. You know, there's there's some kind of of you know path to earning at least the basic ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it would surprise me if there, maybe it won't be there from the start, but I wouldn't be surprised if in the next month or two we'd have those. I think a really good idea for card sleeves would be the the pro teams. Um, yeah. You know, with with the pro teams at the Mythic Championships and and some of the pro players at the Mythic Invitationals. Why wouldn't you have Channel Fireball on there as a sleeve or whatever? I mean, maybe there's, you know, advertising problems there or whatever. But I think even your esports teams, your Tempo Storms and and things like that could be on there too. And I think that'd be really cool. I think I think there's a lot of opportunity to rep your guild or rep your team or whatever uh, and, and express yourselves for either free or, or, or a handful of dollars. Now, people that maybe don't, play games like that they don't play games like PUBG. they don't play games like league of legends or heroes of the storm or games where you can buy these cosmetics might not understand why people would buy these types of things or or what purpose what purpose they serve it's like well why don't why don't we just get everything for free if they can just make this stuff right i think what you need to understand if is if you're in that position is just because it's not for you doesn't mean that somebody else won't spend that money on it and a lot of the time people are looking for ways to give back to the people that are making these games and sometimes buying packs is not what you want to do sometimes you buy it you you know you buy 100 packs and you got everything all the cards you need well you're not just going going to go and buy 100 more packs just for the sake of it but cosmetics are a, a vessel for people to say you know i enjoy your product i'm going to give you 10 dollars or 15 dollars of my hard-earned money um for a fun little thing that i can do in game that doesn't actually impact anything in game and i think having that as a path to monetization is really important for wizards and really important i think for free-to-play players as well because if wizards can can make enough money off of the the cosmetics and stuff which are relatively easy to kind of turn around and make new ones at some point like at some point 
cosmetics and these types of games are just printing money. But, <coughs> excuse me, if they're making enough money, hopefully at some point they can flip some of these rewards around or, or some other benefits back to us free-to-play players. And, you know, as, as free-to-play players, I've been getting basically the good end of the stick, I would say, for quite a while. Like, I have been playing this game on $5 forever. Yeah. And and I feel like at this point I'm stealing money from WotC. Um, and and that, that can't last forever. Like, obviously they need free-to-play players so that the people that spend money on the game will have people to play against. But there's going to be a point in which, you know, either that's going to dry up or Wizards going to have to make money somewhere else. And this is a way for them to do that. And, you know, if that means that you know, if if for every one cosmetic somebody buys, that ten free to play players can get a free one at some point down the road as part of the general reward system, um, and Wizards, you know, is fine with that. Then I think I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing for everybody in the game. Is the people, the whales, the people that are spending money, will eventually subsidize the people that aren't spending money, and everybody's happy. True. I also think like this is just how games work now, right? Like anybody that's not familiar with cosmetics hasn't played literally any game that came out in the past five years because this is this is kind of how they work now you can either play the base game for free or for some amount and then if you'd like to decorate your character your deck your cards whatever it is for that particular game you can spend a couple extra bucks and do that Mm -hmm. uh and it it just works out to cool and it's kind of like you said like i'm enjoying this game i'd like to give them some money uh and have this thing to show off for it you can also use it to like maybe intimidate your opponents I've got cool sleeves and flashy cards, and you don't. You must be a scrub. I like the way that it auto-advertises these things, too, where it's like I could have these cool sleeves, and my opponent would be like, where did they get this sleeve? i got to go see if I can get this sleeve. Yeah. Um, like, it's just it's just a way to excite new players as well. But, I mean, long gone are the days where you would buy a game, plug it in your computer, install it, and then forget about it, and the, the company never interacted with you now, but... Everything's online these days. There's server infrastructure. Um, the subscription model is not very popular for a lot of different games. So having another way to make money in order to keep the lights on is very important, especially for a game like MTG Arena, where you know free to play is is the crux of everything for for people that are just getting into the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you can buy avatars, which I'm not terribly excited about. Um, but they come into that same kind of price range, uh, $3 ish for, for, uh, for an avatar, but you can also buy them with gold. So there's a way to spend your, your hard earned gold. If you don't want to do anything else with it, uh, you can spend 3000 gold to buy these avatars. The one thing that I will finish on here that I thought was kind of cool is they're selling guild bundles where you can get like guild sleeves and guild art for your cards, uh, and a guild avatar for, they didn't give us the price on that one, but I think the, uh, that just opens up the door for more of these types of bundles in the future. I want basic land bundles i want you know um guild or clan bundles i want planeswalker bundles i want all sorts of cool things like that and uh, i have no idea how much money i'm going to spend on this but i I suspect it'll be some non-zero dollar amount i want a bolus avatar and a bolus voice pack if i can get one that would be a thing wouldn't it voice pack maybe some sleeves you can get the bolus horn sleeves yeah okay i was just thinking i don't care about sleeves i'm not gonna buy any sleeves this doesn't matter but you put bolus horns on the back of some sleeves i'm buying them you're totally buying sleeves yeah i am yeah you're totally buying as soon as there's bolus horns on them i'll buy them all right the other big update that uh that i saw which doesn't really impact us uh but i wanted to talk about it anyway because i think that the concept is pretty cool is um, changes to the new player experience. So it looks like uh, there's kind of a path of progression now for new players. There is an image on the uh, on the announcement of kind of this like tree structure. It looked like uh, almost like a talent tree, like you'd see in World of Warcraft or League of Legends or something like that. Um, and it looks like what what they're trying to do is they're trying to drive players to. Um, you know, achieve certain goals in the game as they're playing these different colors of decks. So it might be things like cast 10 white spells or cast 10 blue spells, similar to what we have now for the the new player experience quests. Um, But as they go through the tree, it it starts to look like teach them concepts or get them to play decks of different color combinations, uh, which I think is really cool. And at the end of it all, or as you go through it, you're getting these rewards similar to what you would get for the new player experience now, but it's kind of a a free flow experience or a free flow tour. You kind of get to pick the direction that you go, which, uh, which I think is pretty cool. 
Now, obviously, that doesn't apply to us, but I think we have potential here for is kind of maybe monthly or, or seasonal uh, achievement trees that, that you and I can do um, as a way to get people to just log into the game more and, and play more. So one of the things I was thinking of or I came up with earlier was like, you know, play 10 games with a red-green deck, and then after you play 10 games with a red-green deck, there was fight or, or cast 10 fight spells or, you know, kill 100 creatures with... Uh, creatures that are four power or greater or something like that. Just more specialized things, quests that you can do in whatever order you choose on top of your daily rewards. And then at the end of it, maybe you get avatars or card sleeves or things like that. But I think a way to encourage more people to play different varieties of decks would be good for people that maybe don't have the time to just sit and grind the ladder to get to Mythic or something like that. And I think that would really appeal to um, casual players, if they're learning the game or they don't have a lot of things in their collection, a lot of good cards in their collection, or people like you and me that just want to get the avatars uh, or the card sleeves or whatever, and we want something else to do aside from grind to mythic because maybe you're already there. You know, people also just like hitting achievements. That's the other thing a lot of modern games have is some sort of achievement-based thing. Many of them don't even give you rewards for it. Just a little icon pops up that you've got five melee kills or whatever. So just having it there would be incentive enough for some people to go try it. Uh, so yeah, the, the better they can make the new player experience, the better for the game long term. Pretty good overall state of the beta. Um, the the downside is obviously there's nothing <clears throat> functional in here as as far as like gameplay or uh, rewards or events or things like that. Uh, so we're kind of probably waiting until after the next set maybe we'll get lucky with the next set but i imagine we're waiting till after the next set to see any kind of updates on changes to draft or things like that yeah it, it was all dessert but it was a good dessert i i agree we definitely need some meat and potatoes here because um you recently went through the grind to mythic limited so you could be your double mythic player and um i, I believe you have some thoughts on that process yeah i do um so, Where do you want to start? So let's start by, first of all, recognizing that I am not your average arena player. And I'm also coming from a kind of skewed perspective because I'm one of a few people who streamed Magic Online, uh, limited only, and didn't spend money to do it. Uh, and it, it's not like I was streaming it two hours a week or something. I was doing this for 40, 50 hours a week for years and years and years. So... From the uh, grind to Mythic and Limited, I I was a little frustrated that we were drafting an old format and that I didn't have best of three as an option. So my challenge there was like, I felt like we were telling constructed players, hey, you can play Aetherworks Marvel standard, best of one, go. Like no one playing standard would have been particularly happy about that. Um, now standard is in a great place in arena right now. It's, it's honestly been in a great place for a long time. And when I play standard, I'm having a blast with it. I want limited, uh, ranked to have what standard ranked has, uh, which means best of three and current set. So like, you know, I, I've said it many times that rivals of Ixalan was not my favorite format and it's not. But it honestly doesn't matter what it was, right? Like, it, it could have been Dominaria, and I still would have been frustrated by this. And that was a set that I enjoyed a lot. But honestly, as far as the actual grind went, it wasn't that bad. I had it done in, like, a week. And, like, that's almost another complaint, is, like, now I'm ranked number 70 in Mythic Limited, uh, and I'm in the percentages in Constructed. But, like, I don't care. I got double Mythic. And I feel like there's not a whole lot for me to do right now. Well, you're afraid that you don't want to lose your rank. You don't want to drop out of the top 1,000, right? I don't actually think I can. I don't think there's going to be a 1,000 uh, ranked players. But, like, I, best of one draft is not something I'd do for fun. Best of mm. three draft is... Q-Segway? <laughs> Q-Segway. <laughs> I mean... Do you think that the best of three is even feasible? I guess it is feasible for ranked, right? It has to be, except for the cost. That's kind of the big kind of barrier to entry there, I think, if, if limited is going to be ranked, is that the 1,500 gems is, is, well, and the rewards is part of the problem there, right? Well, there's actually two things going on, and I, th I, 
I'm going to be critical a little bit here, but please do understand that I'm being critical because I love this game and I love one particular way to play it, which is called Limited. And I think there's two issues with Limited as we know it on Arena. And if they're not solved, Limited as we know it may very well die. Um, So like, this is serious, this is a big deal, and this is very important to me. So like, Step one is the reward, and we've talked about this a million times, but just a quick refresher. The rewards from playing limited on MTG Arena are very heavily skewed towards getting you packs of cards. So currently, limited is a really cool way to buy packs of cards. On Magic Online, uh, which is again where I came from, there was the ability to sell off your cards if you didn't want them. And that and a good win percentage meant that you could go infinite and not have to pay, right? Whereas we don't have that option here. Now, I th- I think on Magic Online, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but maybe 10% of the players weren't paying to play limited and 90% were. So like 90% of the people are paying $15 a draft, 85%, 95%, whatever it was, and 10% are paying nothing. So we flattened that out now in Arena to where everybody's paying 7 And that's a really good deal for most people. And how most people are going to play Limited, it's not a real good deal if you were in that 10% that was playing for free. I went back and tried to play some on Magic Online, uh, and I had a really good game of Ravnica Limited after a 20-minute queue to draft. So I, I feel like going back to do that is kind of like saying, let's stream EverQuest now. Um, I I don't think too many people would be into it. So like that's an issue for me financially and that the the rewards are skewed towards packs. And like I I just can't keep streaming this. Like if I'm going to have to spend, you know, $20, $50, $100 a week, depending on variance to stream it, a stream my size isn't going to be able to maintain that. But Mm -hmm. again, that's that's only an issue for me. And a lot of listeners may be saying, well, why do I care? I used to spend $15 to, to draft twice a week. Now I can do it for six, like no big deal at all. And the other one is uh, the replayability of the drafts. I think one of my favorite memories of playing Limited Magic was when people started to figure out the spider spawning deck in the original Innistrad. Because the set came out and there was a particular deck that was a very synergistic deck that involved milling yourself and a card called Spider Spawning, which would create spiders for our creature cards equal to your graveyard. Uh, and it was a really cool deck, but like people drafted and played the format for several weeks before anybody figured out how to do it. And he had this interesting scenario where at the time I was still playing at FNM, and I could go to Friday Night Magics and I could draft a killer Spider Spawning deck and wreck everybody there because they didn't know about it and they were not prepared for it and they were passing me all the pieces. And if I went on Magic Online, I had a really hard time doing that. I could force it and get a crappy version or have to try to figure out another way to win because nobody passed me a spider spawning. Like, there would be one spider spawning deck at the table, right? But we've, like, that that self-correcting nature of draft eventually made it to where you couldn't do that every time. And eventually, even the people at Friday Night Magic caught on. They they caught on from me. You're welcome, Adventures in Comics and Games in Sacramento. Like, they eventually figured out you can't keep passing this card to Travis. He will kill you with 200 spiders. So, like, eventually that deck kind of dried up there. And it was this really neat process to see from beginning to end. As people started to figure it out, they tweeted it out, they let you know about it. And the metagame really changed and adjusted. And I've seen that to a lesser degree with many formats. I I think it happens with all formats to an extent. It doesn't happen on Arena. Like the self-correcting nature of draft simply is not there. And one of the reasons that I had such a rough time on my gyms is like, A, I hadn't been playing limited in a long time. I'd been very focused on Constructed for trying to get into the Mythic Invitational, then very focused on Constructed for trying to hit Mythic, and then immediately into Rivals of Ixalan Limited so I could hit Mythic there. And after I'd done all of that, I said, okay, well, what's next? Let's just play some best of three draft and hang out and have some fun. And what I remembered was I was always playing the Gates deck. I was always playing Gatebreaker Rams. I always had a Gate Colossus. I was like, I want to do something different. Let's draft the other decks. And I was wheeling Gate Colossuses. I was getting Gatebreaker Rams with three cards left in the pack. And like, 
that's just that's never going to happen anywhere else. But that deck is just so ignored by the bots that it, it kind of makes it not an interesting draft experience because you go in knowing like you can absolutely force the uh, clear the mind deck. Like you can force it, you will get Dovin's Acuity and you can force a Gates deck. If there are any Gate Colossuses opened by any of the bots, they're not taking them. So like you could just get silly broken versions of those decks every time and it makes it kind of pointless to draft anything else. Um, I, I remarked when we were talking about it privately that it kind of reminded me of cons once everybody figured out that you were supposed to be drafting the five color good stuff deck and everybody did that and the draft experience from cons of tarkir was actually kind of miserable but the gameplay the shell game with morphs was so fun that you're like okay the draft is kind of garbage let's get to the games this is super fun but now we've got like that garbage draft experience and we're pairing it with gameplay that's just you know okay like, well, they, they got their gates and their gate colossus before I got my gates and my gate colossus. And like, I, I'm main decking en- enchantment and artifact removal, which, you know, we do sometimes, but I know what it's for. It's for a gate colossus, right? Like, I've sideboarded in the stupid claws card so I could get it out of their graveyard. I've used junk trawlers in the mirror to like get their gate colossus out of the graveyard that I just blew up and, you know, put it on the bottom of their library. So, like, I think any one of these things I could handle. Let's say I'm spending a decent amount of money, probably more than is sustainable long-term, to play some limited. Maybe I cut back. But if it's a good experience and it's that adapting, changing metagame that that I've come to love over time, I'd be happy paying for that. Or if this is Phantom Drafts and it's relatively inexpensive and I don't have to spend any money, but I can get a limited experience... Um, and still draft with the bots, I'm probably happy with that. But when you pair them both together where I'm paying out the nose, um, and I, I'm paying out the nose for a product, I'm getting the packs of cards, I just don't want them. So like from from my perspective, and again, I understand that it's unique, and most people wouldn't even notice this as they're going through and doing the drafts. I think you might have to do 20 or 30 to see that. And if you do 10, which is probably what most people will do. Who cares? It works fine. Mm -hmm. But like from my perspective, Arena desperately needs either a massive overhaul of the bots or drafting with people. And for Limited to get the same kind of respect and like attention that Constructed has gotten. Because like the people who are learning how to play Limited in this environment, they're not actually learning the same game that you and I have played for 20 years. They're learning something that's close to it, and it like it resembles it very closely, but it's not the same game. They're learning the mechanics, and they can go to F and M and they can draft at F and M, but mm-hmm. they're not they're not playing the same draft, and I think that's the key thing. I think, yeah, I think that the this lack of self correcting drafts is probably my biggest gripe right now, um, and. I'm not sure how they I'm not sure if they can fix it with bots to be honest because I think like the the best bot that you're going to get for your for any kind of development time that's reasonable for Magic Arena is still going to be pattern based and it's still going to be eventually exploitable yeah. you know for for lack of a better for lack of a better term there and I I think the solution is just is just pod drafting is just drafting with real people and I think that you still have bot draft quick draft and there needs to be people drafting. And I think once we get that, I think, like, who cares at that point? But you're right. Like, you do 20 drafts of these and you can see the patterns. And, you know, people, are, there's there's pick lists of, and I don't mean, like, pick order lists. I mean, like, you know, print run lists of what the uncommons are in the pack. Because somebody figured out after doing enough drafts and getting enough data that, that there was a pattern to these things, right? So when you have that data and you have that experience or you know what you can force against the bots you're just playing on an entirely different level um and and, you know it's not it's not necessarily predatory but you you have a leg up against pretty much everybody and it's not necessarily because of a skill gap it's 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 an experience gap or it's a knowledge gap a data gap and um and i don't think that's necessarily where i thought arena would shake down and the part, the part that really gets me is like there is actually a very easy solution to this that's already programmed in, and I don't understand why we haven't done it. 
and that's ranked sealed. Mm. Give a like the program's already there for sealed. You can't abuse bots. You don't need them. Give me best of three sealed, like with full sideboarding and everything, and a reasonable prize structure, and I will jam sealed on arena twelve hours a day and love it. And like that's something they could implement right now. Like, why couldn't that count towards ranked as well as the draft? Like, I know Sealed was never as popular, but like Hearthstone's limited environment, they call it Arena, which is actually a little confusing when we're trying to talk about it. (laughs) But it's basically a weird Sealed generator where like you're going through and like people will say you're drafting 30 cards, but you're not. You're picking one out of three cards and then doing that, you know, 30 times and you have your deck. That's honestly a lot like playing Sealed. We're picking the cards that we're going to put in the deck out of the ones we've got. So basically for Hearthstone, you get 90 cards, you pick 30 of them to play. That sounds real familiar to me. And like that's gone over pretty well, doesn't involve bots, doesn't need anything, and people have fun playing it. So like I I just I, I don't see why we can't have that here. Yeah, I mean, if you cut the entry fee in like half... Uh, and then like trim the packs off for prizing. You're probably looking at a pretty good, pretty reasonable ranked format if you went sealed. So I can get behind that, and I think sealed is the solution because, like, like, like you said, there's no bots. Yeah. Right. And like the the other thing, I, I, again, I realize I'm harping on the Hearthstone thing a little bit here, but the other thing about their limited format, it, it's basically sealed, and it's Phantom. It has a stupid cheap entry fee. Like, I think it's $2 to play if you're paying for it. And at the end, if you get seven wins, you win enough to play again, as well as some other rewards, like some cosmetic items, some crafting materials for your cards, and maybe a couple cards that that you now own. But you don't keep the cards that you get in that sealed pool. And I, I think that's just such a big part of, like creating something here that I, I almost wonder why they didn't start with sealed in the first place. Yeah, it would have been easier to d- design for sure. Maybe it was the lack of a deck builder interface that was that they were comfortable with. It's not that bad now. Like the last no, time it's I did actually like it's come a long way, right? And and to be fair, I think obviously when we had draft to start, we were we were thrilled with it you know, because it was arena and because it was new and because it was good and it's good. Like draft is good if you draft 10 times or or 15 times. But I think the problem that you're running into, well, you've run into it, you know, after a week of playing, let's say, I think your average player might run into it after a year or two. Like they'll run into it eventually. They, They would except that the sets rotate. So again, I don't think this is something that Bill, the average player is actually going to care about because by the time like at the end of the format, he might say, "You know that Gates deck seemed open pretty, pretty often." Oh well, where are the sparks out? Let's go draft that. Like I, I don't think that's going to click there. And like if you're, you know, doing your daily quest, getting your gold, converting it, I'll have people come in the stream and say, "What do you mean you can't go infinite and limited? I've done that." And I'm like, "Oh, how often do you play?" They're like three nights a week. I'm like, you know, for two hours a night. I'm like, of course you can. Like, you can just do your quests and get your gold and draft all you want. You're just not playing enough. But, like, I have the same limitation of quests as as everybody else. And once I've blown through them, like, I can't get any more free-to-play gold. I have to pay for those gems to do it. Um, so, like, I, I, I just want to see Limited as a viable way to play this game without going broke for people who are good at it. And I'd like to be able to continue to stream it. Because, like, I I mentioned this a little earlier on, like, every time I've ever played Constructed, it's been because there's some sort of event coming up that I wanted to participate in. So way back in the day, it was PTQs. I think, you know, there's a modern PTQ this week instead of a sealed one, so let's let's practice Jund for a week and get into that. Or there's a standard one, that's where I did the thing with Aetherworks Marvel. And lately on Arena, you know, we've had the Twitch Rivals event. We've had Get to Mythic, the the push for the Mythic Invitational. So there was a lot of reasons for me to be playing Standard. But, like, if I'm left on my own and somebody says, just play Magic for fun, I'm getting in a draft queue because that's fun. It's the unpredictability and the the excitement of never knowing what the next card is going to come off the top of your deck because you've got, you know, 23 random spells. It's the improv comedy of magic. It really is. Whose line is it anyway? Yeah, but currently, 
everything's made up and the points are too expensive. <laughs> nice. I understood that reference. Yeah. All right. I mean, I am optimistic that they will, that it will happen. Like, there's, I, I can't see a world in which we're not drafting with people sometime in the next year. You're right. Like, I just, I just can't see it. Um, I, don't, so. I don't know, man. That's, that's the part that has me a little worried is like, what if this is just good enough for the average player that the true limited aficionado is just like, yeah, I guess we're just going to move to constructed now. Cause like, there's so many people, like I'll meet a lot of people, you know, colleagues of my wife or, you know, we're out and we meet friends. They're like, what do you do? I, I play magic. I stream magic. And they're like, what deck do you play? Or I have an elf deck. I, I like black green decks. It's like, I've never encountered someone that says, I love drafting. That's my jam. Like we find those and we find people who like drafting, but when you drill down to it, what they mean is once every other week they go to FNM and draft and that's their draft experience. And like arena has it close enough. Now, maybe it's just good enough. Let's get into constructed. Like we didn't, we didn't get any cosmetics for draft. I'm not exactly sure what they could have done. We do get cosmetics for draft. What do we get? Your art applies to cards you draft if you own the art. Um, and your sleeves you can use in draft if I'm reading it correctly. Okay, okay. So we we get the same things. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to counter you there a little bit. I think we're with with the 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 Mythic Pro League, um so the the 32 players that are on on contract for with Wizards, there are a lot of kind of top limited players that are in there, Ben Stark specifically. And I think that, I think with the exposure that Arena is going to get at that level of player, so like obviously there's the, the people you interact with that are like, I have an elf deck, but there are those people that are in that middling tier or that are like aspiring maybe to play at the Mythic Championship one day. I think, I think Arena is going to have to start appealing to them at some point, and it already does. But I think if you want to retain that type of player, which with the people that are streaming on the MPL, obviously they do want arena to be a high level magic experience i think that is the next logical step is to take limited to that next level because constructed is already there it is it it can't get better standard on arena cannot get much better right the only room for improvement we have right now is either a new format or limited yeah there's there's not much else that they can go aside from just creating new magic sets which they're doing anyway so i think the logical extension of all of this. They're not just going to sit back and say, well, we're done. Dust our hands off. And it's like constructed is great. I think limited has to evolve because you're going to have like 30 developers sitting around, not doing anything. If you're not working on limited. Well, imagine that wizards contacts me and says, Travis, we've got a 33rd spot open for the mythic player league. We're going to give you a $70,000 a year contract. um, And arena is just what it is. Go. I'm going to be like, let's play some standard. Because it looks really good, even though I'm a limited guy. And I'm streaming standard all day. Because, like, I have to stream Arena at that point. As it is, I'm an independent streamer. I actually streamed another game entirely today. Because I felt like I needed a little bit of a break. Right? But, like, I I, I feel like... And I, I don't want to speak for Ben. But if I'm in his shoes, and that's my situation, and limited isn't exactly where I want it, like, I'm probably okay with that for now. So I hear what you're saying. Like, hopefully they'll fix it. Right, and they have done just about everything I could possibly want for them to do for for standard. It's just like when are they going to get around to the thing that matters to me? And I, I feel like it should probably be last because like it can't matter to a, enough people for this to be high on their priority list. Um, but it it is also kind of what I've built my career around is playing Magic in this specific way, and it's just frustrating that the new toy is out and I, I can't really play with it yet. Yeah. I, I can appreciate that you're pessimistic because obviously this is your livelihood. Um, I could be optimistic for you instead. I think we're going to flip this around because I think you are perpetually optimistic, at least in the past on these these podcasts. Yeah, so I usually no, I, am. I am going to be perpetually optimistic now for you. Thank you for carrying that load, David. I I am sworn to carry your burdens. Uh, faithful Samwise. <laughs> well... Anything else you want to talk about in draft there? Uh, I did want to mention briefly, I, I had a lot of people the last time I, I streamed draft talking to me about tier lists. Do we mm. have time to, to run through this briefly? 
I think we can talk for a few minutes on it. Yeah. Okay. I'll give the short version. So I'd have people talk to me about a tier list and they were asking questions about it. And if you're unfamiliar with this, um, I mentioned Hearthstone's version of limited. This is where this concept of a tier list comes from. In Hearthstone, if you're looking at three cards and you're going to pick one for your deck, there is a correct choice. It's not up to preference. There's a right answer and two wrong answers. And you can go to websites and get the right answer from them by using something called a tier list. The reason why, and a big reason why that works for that game but doesn't work for Magic, is instead of a a colored mana system like we have, they have a class system. So you're not playing green cards and red cards. You're playing warrior cards and mage cards, for example. Before you start your limited run in that game, you pick your class. So it's almost like before we sat down to draft, Dave would say, I want to play green-red. And then he's only shown green-red cards. So imagine if he's only being shown green and red cards, it's pretty easy to figure out what's the best of these three cards. And you could indeed have someone sit down and make a list entirely of those and tell you what you should be picking. Now, it's easy to confuse that because we do still have people posting pick order lists for Magic. And like most of the big teams, when they go to prep for a Mythic uh, Championship, will actually have uh, something similar to a tier list of this is the best uncommon in the set. This is the best common in the set. Here is the common you pick above these uncommons. And they'll have all of the cards ranked out. The problem is, for Magic, because you're not picking your colors first, those lists only hold up for about four picks. And then they're completely worthless. So I I honestly think that in Magic, it's more of a crutch to use something like a tier list than it is something that's going to help you. From my perspective, if you want to play limited and get good at limited and win limited consistently and not need to rely on somebody to publish a tier list, like learn how to identify bombs and good cards and focus on seeing those for yourself and drafting them. Like if you're listening to this podcast now, you probably listen to our set reviews as well. Maybe you watch me and Ethan do the set review on stream or you listen to limited resources, do their set review. Like Take those as tools and learn what they're teaching you and you'll never need the tier list. Because like, again, it doesn't matter that this blue card is better than all of the other blue cards if, you know, it's it's pick seven and you're already firmly into black-white. Like, it doesn't matter how good those cards are. So like, that was just a little mini thing that I wanted to pass along as a little bit of wisdom. If you see people that are publishing tier lists for Magic understand that limited-wise, it only matters for the first couple of picks. And then after that, they're basically worthless because you have to take into account the cards you already have. Yeah, or curved uh, reasons, you know, things like that. There's all sorts of things you need to look at. I think what I find tier lists useful for um, are cards that maybe I didn't, like, I underestimated. Yeah, like me with uh, Terramander, for example. You argued that that was a really strong card, and you were right. It is quite good. Yeah, but it's it's just like, you know, okay, if all these people have it rated highly on their tier list and I have it as as a junk uncommon, it's like, what am I missing? Am I missing something here? But, like, you know, once you get into that, like, you know, fourth, fifth pick, maybe you can use it to evaluate, like, well, I have two two black cards here and I don't know which which I'm taking but generally speaking it's like you look at what you're missing in your deck and you, and you fill that spot in right or you, or you look at curve purpose here right or mm-hmm. you take the removal because you don't have enough removal so it's you have to be very fluid in your draft and teaching you to make your own tier list is is a better use of your time or learning how to make your own tier list is a better use of your time than consuming other people's tier lists right and that's where the card evaluation comes in you know if, if you can if you can avoid using a tier list and come up with your own evaluations, you know, you, you find you just do that naturally, but after you've done that for a few sets, you'll never go back. You'll just be making your own evaluations for every set you draft going forward, and you can sit down in any draft format and and know exactly what you're doing, right? You might not know the ins and outs of the combos or the specific cards, but you can evaluate things in a vacuum when you open up your pack and, and look at your pick one, pack one, or your or your second pick, for example. Yeah, and like I, I still think listening to set reviews or just going over the cards with a friend is a great idea. 
Like one of the reasons I love doing those set reviews so much is usually on the same day, I'll do the review with Ethan on the stream. And then that night, Dave and I will do a mini review on the podcast. And it means that I I get to present my thoughts on these cards to two people whose opinion I respect a great deal about limited. And if they're disagreeing with me on one of the cards, like that's my chance to like figure out, am I wrong or are they wrong? But honestly, when there's a new set of how many cards are in a set now? Oh, like 260 or something? Yeah, there's like three cards that we'll disagree on. Yep. And like in many cases, one of us is wrong. Terramander's just the example that keeps popping into my head. I was wrong. Dave was right. But like out of the other 200 cards we talked about where we were like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Or nah, this card's pretty bad. We were in agreement. We understood that because we we're evaluating the cards from the same perspective. And once you can do that, you, you don't need anybody's tier list. Yeah. And the other thing is too, is like your valuations need to be fluid because like you'll get three weeks into the format and then realize that Dovin's acuity is a real thing, for example. Right. Or like, you know, you can't just take a tier list. Like you can't just take Frank Karsten's uh, ranking list that he amalgamates all these other rating systems and, and puts it together in one article. You can't just use that three weeks into the, into the format. You have to you know, use your own experience, use, see the things that you're playing against. Maybe there's a, a, a weird, you know, metagame out there and, and things have changed, you know, clear the mind becomes a great card, for example, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can get that through experience, but you know, that solid base of understanding how to evaluate limited cards is a great place to start with that. Yeah. Agree. Okay. Well, that was good. Thank you for that. I, I was on stream when you were uh, in your chat the other day, when you were talking about that. And I thought it was an interesting discussion with with your chat so it's good to get that uh little tidbit of knowledge out yeah we drop a knowledge bomb every now and then yeah uh, sometimes it's destructive sometimes it's not <laughs> yeah agreed all right well i think we're gonna wrap it up there my uh my throat is actually going on me here this is probably the most i've talked in like a week so <laughs> i'm I gonna go feel some, better bud i'm gonna go get some tea and honey and it'll not all be good it'll, i'll be back in full full swing next week so if thanks you- for hanging out this week oh go ahead just just gonna say if you don't have any tea uh bourbon and honey works too oh i probably don't have bourbon i've got like amaretto in there somewhere that's <laughs> that's probably the closest thing i have and that's not close at all no, no no not even close but uh thanks thanks everyone for listening again this week uh we uh uh with me being away last week and travis being away the couple of weeks before you know it's good to get back to uh to the set routine here or get back to kind of chatting with you again i missed you what can i say i missed you too dave and of course i missed our listeners so thanks again for listening thanks again to face-to-face games for the host and all the support and where can they catch you streaming this week uh you can find me at twitch.tv slash simulin uh, s-e-m-u-l-i-n i'm also on twitter under the same and i'm on twitter at twitter.com slash d civilian you can also follow us on twitter we're at men for moto once again thanks for listening we'll catch you next time adios